1: How do you like these festive opening times? This is the Luke and Pete show with me, Pete Donaldson, and presenting to you for one night only, one afternoon only, one morning only, depending on when you are listening to this, Luke Aaron
0: Moore. That is the best entrance and intro you've given me mm. in our Two forty-eight years. years of working together. <laughs> what are our festive opening hours, Pete? We're just pr- oh, pushing no, on through. Oh no,
1: pushing on through, breaking on through to the other side. Yes, nice.
0: <clears throat> what do you reckon? I mean, this is this is a pre-rec show because you're going away. Where where are you right now?
1: I mean, you say I'm going away. Are you not going away? Are you not visiting Portsmouth at any
0: point? Yeah, only for a couple of
1: days. I'll come back. Well, that's the thing, though, isn't it? It's like I'm having a bit of a problem getting home because trains are in and up the spout. I bought. Three months ago, my ticket, or two months ago, my ticket for uh, the Grand Central train went first class because I thought there'll be a bit more room there. Um, I'll be, I'll they the other they did not assign me a seat for the journey. So what? now they've emailed me saying, you might not get on the train because it's standing room only. Huh. Fucking jokers. That's annoying. Sell the seats that you've got and don't sell any more. How much, that. How much you, did you uh, shell out for that? 150 quid.
0: That's unbelievable
1: to stand. So I've got a... So, it's and it's the only day I can get back on Monday. I'm genuine genuinely was looking into flying. Um but uh the the, the journey that uh, one of the there is a direct flight but uh, to Newcastle, but then it's just getting back from Newcastle down there as well. It's just I, I wish I'd planned this better. It's a shit I show. I, I wish I'd planned more of a shit show. What uh, don't, the, the shit show. Why don't you hire a car? Uh, I can't drive. You will not get caught. Can't.
0: I'm telling not you. you on, won't yeah, get not caught.
1: on they'll be looking for drunk drivers, nah. not bad drivers. Or yeah. non-drivers. Yeah. Um. This is the, uh, this is what uh, Skyscanner suggested. Uh. On uh. One, yeah. of, one of the options I could take. Uh. Six forty in the morning on Monday. Um. Flying from Heathrow Airport to Edinburgh, and then from Edinburgh <laughs> fly down to Southampton, <laughs> and then Southampton up to Newcastle. How much? Um, Probably cheaper than the train. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. is cheaper than the train. Yes. But how can
0: good. it be so bad? I mean, so, so I know I'm going to sound painfully naive here as a southerner, but how can it be? So difficult.
1: Well, Hartley on a funny line, so we don't have the option. You got to change at Darlington and then Thornaby, and then once again to get to Hartlepool.
0: I mean, how many loops <coughs> of Chris Rios driving home for Christmas would you know. have to listen to on that kind of journey? I'm
1: almost thinking I should just get a train to Darlington and just explain to the angry man that you know the, the train I've got on is uh, the train I had ordered uh, is 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 full. Just um, do that alternative. They won't stop you. They won't, they find, won't, you people, they won't like... find you for that, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Um, it's, it's... I might just hang out on King's Cross and just get on an, any train going north. It's like, it's getting to the point where it's like, you know when like the Chinese have to go home for Christmas uh, or, or, or whatever um, national holidays they've got, I guess New Year and stuff, um, and some of them have to stay on the train for like 24 hours yeah. and they wear nappies so they can just wet themselves with, that, with impunity. Are you looking for an excuse to wear a nappy again? Like, a little bit, yeah. Um, I just, the problem is, I wear such tight trousers. You could be able to see the contours of my pampers. You, you would, yeah.
0: Mm. Um, they probably do make them in your size, though. Uh, they make nappies in anybody's size, really. Yeah. Do they? Um, the, the thin fabric of society fell apart last week as well. I was mm. I was out with some friends, only for a couple of afternoon drinks, and I got ended up getting wanted to head home about five p.m. Mm. Got as far as Victoria, which for those listening who don't know London very well is one of the main um stations serving the south of England and we're asked to get a train back to where I live. And um the, it was mad because got the Victoria line to Victoria, went up the escalator, and it was like the end of days. Yeah. No trains. Like no zero mm. trains. This is a this is a train station with 25 platforms or whatever it is. No trains. Electricity it, problems? It something to do with yeah maybe. Mm. But it was so busy, not only could you not get a train you couldn't get back down to the underground because it was about 200 people deep trying to mm. get back to the underground, which right. is basically a waste of time. <clears throat> and you couldn't get a bus because there were just throngs of people covering all the roads outside. Mm. They didn't give you any information on the Victoria Line to tell you this. So otherwise, I would have just stayed on the Victoria Line. So well, anyway, anyway, to cut a long story short, it was just so busy because it's a big Christmas shopping day. The Star Wars premiere had happened. Right. What was happening. And this thing with Victoria. I had to walk for 30 minutes to get further far enough away that I was able bus. to get a bus or a cab or whatever. Right. It was absolutely ridiculous. And imagine if you had loads of bags and a load of kids mm. or whatever. I mean, I was lucky. I had a backpack and a couple of bags. I mean, it was just absolute chaos. Did you walk over Battersea Bridge? No, I didn't. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't go that way. Uh, what, what? The reason I was in London is because keen listeners to the Luke and Pete show will know that I've been doing this Taskmaster thing. Mm. And on Wednesday of last week was the final. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the only instructions I got through the post for this particular one, task twelve of twelve, bring your passport. No, luckily it wasn't and that nappies. bad. Luckily it wasn't that bad. It was try and get a train from Victoria. No, <laughs> it was um, it was be in zone one mm. at twelve thirty, right, and await instructions. Mm. And um, I did that. I had a meeting uh, and finished it about quarter past twelve. Went literally stood on a street corner until twelve thirty. Looked at my phone. WhatsApp came through from the taskmaster, and the task was find the taskmaster. Right, okay. And you could ask questions, and every 15 minutes you got a visual clue. And you had to be the first person to lay hands <laughs> on him. That's a it. nice idea. Yeah, it's good. And he ended up being in a pub, I found, obviously. Found him um, drunk. <laughs> He's he, quite sluggish with the answers after a while. It only actually took me 29 minutes to find him. Where was he? He was in a pub called The Glasshouse Stores on Brewer Street. Right, okay. And, I uh, would have
1: gone for Central, because it's just easier for everyone, yeah, isn't it? I think th- even a responsible tax- taskmaster would uh, produce a place that everyone could get to.
0: My mate, he was told to go to Zone One mm. and wait. Mm. Now the Taskmaster doesn't live in London, mm. so he's obviously to him Zone One's going to be what Soho, Leicester Square. Yeah. My mate went to Borough <laughs> <laughs> and waited in Borough. Yeah, I was like correct. it's taking me ages to get here. What do you expect? <laughs> what do you expect?
1: Go to the centre. Yeah, come exactly. on, Give yourself the best chance. So I was crowned a uh, Taskmaster champion. Oh, I got the Trophy on the
0: mantelpiece at home. Congratulations! Yeah, that's fantastic, it was yeah. a lot of hard work over the, over the, throughout the year.
1: Um, what, uh, what were the visual clues? I'm fascinated to see whether so the I would have got one, there.
0: The first one was the photo of the interior of, of the P- pub, Piccadilly oh. tube oh. station. Right. Okay. So, yeah. And he said in, in the line, he was in a pub mm. and the interior of Piccadilly station. Yeah. Then there was another, the next photo was a photo of the, of a, a, a poster of a production, mm. like a West End production. Then mm. you could look at what theater it was at and see that the pub was on the same road. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And then after that, I literally just went to every pub on that road. So <laughs> I found him.
1: I, quite, I, I would have liked my odds on that one, to be honest. I'm quite perceptive and well, geeky about stuff.
0: The irony being that when he said he was going to... I asked him a few questions on WhatsApp and he mm. said... Um, and he had to get some items as well to take to him to for extra points. And he said he was near Soho. Mm. And I thought he was going to be in Spanish Bar. Which is a, because I also asked him if it was a pub relevant to... Your past. Yeah. Mm. And he said yes. Right. I thought he was going to be in Spanish Bar, which is on Oxford Street, north of Soho. So I just legged it all the way to North Soho. Mm. And I just replied, and then I messaged him, are you North of Soho? No. Are you South of Soho? Yes. I had to run it all the way back down. Right. The meeting I had was 400 feet from where he was sat. Right. So In London, that's so- mad. So- Soho's quite a uh,
1: movable feast, I find, in the way. I, I direct some um, Belgians to uh, Carnaby Street
0: recently. And they Is that work. a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> How much you pay for that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you, will you help me direct some Belgians? If someone comes to you and asks you for directions that you don't know, mm. what do you do? I get them off on. Do you? I, yeah, do. You I, don't I, just bluff it? Nah, See you later? Nah. Get on my phone, help them out. Help them out. Nothing is um, more embarrassing than just saying, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pete, have you seen them? Um, <laughs> have you seen... Oh, I want to get away from being so London-centric. There's right. a story that I saw in the news last week which will infuriate you. All right. And it's accompanied by a baby wearing a flat cap as a picture.
1: Um is it gonna be babies of the
0: Trotter Independent Trading Company? <laughs> no. He although a cap, he? although, if you want a little bit of a uh, niche info, mm. and hopefully listeners will enjoy this, do you remember Frankie Kocosa?
1: Oh, was he an X Factor?
0: He wasn't was X-Factor. Was he like a naughty boy? Was he naughty? Did he swear or say something racist? To Frankie Caucosa mm. did he was the most affected contestant on X Factor ever and I realised that's a fucking long list was he a
1: bit mid-nought kind of um, he was really mid-nought he was kind of like a really safe
0: affected of the yeah like Pink right. Dockley type character he released a song called She's Got a Motorcycle <laughs> I'm going to uh play it to you so you can just so you can hear it look at him you.
1: A cheeky little
0: Cockney So who could forget <laughs> Such a, a seismic She's She's got a motorcycle And she won't let me ride it thing, then She's got cars. a motorcycle By Frankie Cocosa Who got I, th- I believe either got kicked off Of X-Factor Or left Smoking the, under, smoking the reefer under a cloud. Smoking what was the, the cloud? A cloud smoke, of reef. Smoking the old doob. Yeah. Um, and um, he also released a follow-up single to "She's Got a Motorcycle" called "Catastrophic Casanova," Did he? which <laughs> failed to chart, sadly. Anyway, the whole thing is building up to the idea that I saw a picture of him yesterday, right, with his top off, and he's got a Trotter's Independent Traders tattoo.
1: As he really on his
0: chest magic. He was born in Brighton. What's that about then? What is the is that? Can anything be more mid-noughties yeah. than that? Um, anyway. Hit TV drama Peaky Blinders has had an influence on Scotland's most popular baby names.
1: Um, I don't know any of the characters in Peaky Blinders. Arthur
0: and Tommy were right. the two biggest risers. One from um, 46th to 26th mm. and one from eighty-ninth to 48th um, in 2019. Inspired by the BBC drama set in 1920s Birmingham... Peaky Blinders. <laughs> how do you feel about that,
1: Pete? Um, Peaky Blinder, how do you feel about that? I've never watched any. It's the sort of show that I would have watched if it was on HBO, uh, but because it was on BBC, I'm very snooty and sniffy about the BBC's uh, drama output that I see it as somehow being safe.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I'm losing out, quite frankly. One of the lessons, one of the few things I learned from... Um, well, you got very upset about the idea of there being a Peaky Blinders convention.
1: I didn't get really upset. It was just a bit, just a bit low rent. If you've got to do it, do it properly. How would you do it? Uh, well, I've never seen Piggy Blinder, so I'd, <laughs> I'd have very little frame of reference. Do they have, more, do they have motorcycles?
0: Um, but one of the few things I learned, or I remember learning at university, is that you know the the different audiences that different media things target is really interesting because mm. so. For, then the example was used was that if you swear before the watershed on Channel Four, generally speaking, there's no complaints. Mm. But if you swear on ITV before the watershed, people go mental. Yeah. And the implication then, and I'm not sure it's saying it's correct, and I'm not putting a judgment value on it, the implication there is that ITV viewers are less intelligent and therefore more reactive to that kind of stuff. Is it not that people who
1: are a bit more intelligent think that people on ITV shouldn't be subjected to uh, foul language oh, could be. because, because they think they can't handle it? They're not grown up enough to, uh, to handle it. Is that a hot and take? And it's all a bit
0: tawdry. Is that a hot take for A little bit. Um, I saw someone on Twitter through my day. Through my class... Classic lens. I saw someone on Twitter the other day saying that um, the Luke and Pete show takes are so lukewarm these days. Oh, cool!
1: I mean, he's, he's had a got you there, hasn't he? <laughs> basically, yeah. Through, through your um, name. What uh, can I just point out for uh, for, 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 for the jury uh, that uh, she's got a motorcycle uh, was from the album The Motorcycle.
0: <laughs> At the end, Frankie um, rides a... So he spends most of the video... Mm. Um, um, yeah, look, we shouldn't punch down too much on this, but Frankie...
1: He's on a lovely time He's in Australia. His son a was it. born in May
0: 2019. He's doing fine. New He's father, fine. Frankie Cagosa. I'm sure he won't mind a little gentle joshing. A little gentle joshing. But Frankie spends most of that music video with his hands in his pockets, kind of leaning into the camera, um, putting on a estuary accent. Mm. And, um, but the culmination, the crescendo of the video, if you like, is that he uh, rides a motorcycle through a burning ring of fire. Cool. and, and, and the video's Budget. At great, but the video's at great pains to show that it's actually him doing it. Oh, right. So, okay. like, so like he's, he puts the helmet on, he's looking, he, he might even give like a nod and a wink to the camera, mm. and then he rides through the ring of fire can you actually see his face through the ring of fire? <laughs> it's a nod to Johnny Cash. He's a big Johnny Cash. I, I, one can only imagine what the follow-up single Catastrophic Casanova sounds like. He's got an,
1: he's got an email address on his Twitter page that's uh, uk at live.co.uk. You don't see that very often anymore.
0: You, I mean, how do you, you feel about like people see... who've still got a live or a Hotmail email address?
1: Uh, I don't mind it, to be honest. It's probably, the product's probably improved exponentially since I used Hotmail. I had to stop it because I had so much junk. Yeah. I think you've got, always got, I've got about five or six emails
0: that I've had to just give up on because... I bet you have. Because of grot. Yeah. Um, can I also bring to the table um, something that's been a real weight off my mind over the last week? Mm. Is that The Apprentice has finally finished and the bloke who really looks like me and is a bit of a sort of cockney twit twit. That mm. um, means I never have to hear from Did him he win? No, didn't no.
1: He might be back in a kind of. Uh, I follow him on
0: Twitter. He's a great follower on Twitter. He Kit-y, seems like a lovely lad, but I just Kit-y get Price, endless. Ha- her
1: name is. I get, what do you mean? No, it's not Keith, not Keith. Katie Price, Hopkins. 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 he might be back as like
0: a reactionary maniac. No, he's too nice. He seems nice, too nice. Right. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He's not a complete dickhead. Well, he is, well he's. Wow, he's a gentle. He's like. A, he's a gentle dickhead. Yeah, he's like a lovable mm. kind of rogue type yeah. guy. So I don't think he would ever want to offend anyone, really. Okay, how's uh, uh, how's your favorite
1: chef in the chef competition going?
0: You sound, that was literally like listening to my nan. <laughs> <laughs> and how's your, your favourite chef your favorite and your chef, chef composition going? How's your favourite cook on the cooking program? Yeah, yeah. Do your do your parents understand the job you do? Do they get what it is? Uh, not not now. I've left the radio. know why? I just wondered like... because my my nan sadly not with us anymore. But my nan would wouldn't really know what I did. She no, would be, it wouldn't be on her. Yeah. frame of reference. No. no. What, what would your what would you, if you if you for example if Stuart was asked now what he, you did for a job what would he say? Do you think? I don't think you'd really, near. Yeah, I don't think you'd have much of a frame of reference about how
1: I operate. We certainly have a similar sleeping patterns. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I interest you in a seventeenth, eighteenth uh, century um, diving suit?
0: Yes. Now that's amazing. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, it's amazing. Look at that. Why? Look at why that. the detail on the chest? Um, I think it's just
1: where they have got extricated the person out of it. Maybe maybe they got to be stitched in or something. Basically, it looks like if you remember the nineties TV show Wizbit. Uh, it looks a bit like Wizbit, but made from animal leather uh, and a big tube um, to the surface presumably a big rubber tube uh, that goes to the surface um, presumably supplying some kind of um, air to the person it's wonderful
0: so in a weird coincidence which you would have no way of knowing Mm. in advance the national the diving museum the UK diving museum is actually like five minutes from where my parents live right and so there's loads of stuff like that and they've got a few of the early diving suits outside on a display (laughs) and you had to be like almost astonishingly brave to be a, a diver back mm. in those days. Like, I yeah. mean, just to the point of stupidity, essentially. Because it's, I mean, it's essentially just, right, this might work.
1: Well, especially because like, you presumably couldn't take a photograph down there. You could only go back up and go, you will not believe what I saw down there. <laughs> yeah. Unless you'd been in one of those diving suits, you wouldn't have seen it. So isn't, isn't, I mean, you would it, not believe what's down there. This
0: might be apocryphal, but isn't it wasn't there to talk that the first question that Yuri Gagarin was asked when he was the first person in space mm. was, did, did you see God? Right. Because people, guess, some, yeah. there's no there's no kind of, mm. people just didn't know what, what was going yeah, on. Yeah,
1: so he saw his big face. And he looked, he looked like he said, hello, Yuri, I said, hello,
0: God. He looked like Brian Blessed, <laughs> who at that point was probably about 15. Mm. Um, Pete, let's have a little break and mm. then come back with some emails. I've got one, Pete, about Mega Man 3. Okay, cool. Well, it's Farmer Meemaw and today I'm going to show you what I've been doing to take care of the pantry moth situation so shrill so um, very shrill it took a listener messaging me say, typing Farmer Meemaw for me to know even what she said there <laughs> so that's strange um, hello at lukeandpeatshow.com uh, is to get the place to get in touch if you send want. us things you like send us things you don't like send yeah. us your opinions on
1: I don't know, Camille Cabello's racist language oh so what is if the story there I think when she was 15, she posted a few things on her Tumblr. Um, I read a few of them, and I was like, oh, she's 15. And then there's a lot of them. Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) There's a lot of retweeted uh, racist GIFs. My Mm. God, she was fixated. Um, Wow.
0: I mean, such a talent as well. I love Camilla Kibeh. She's excellent. What are, what are but is, is there? Is there a? I mean, I'm not making excuses for it. But is it? Is it now? Is, is it? Is any part of this a reflection of the society we now live in, where young people have always been online and not yeah. been able to make their mistakes as kids? Because there is a there is an age of um, criminal responsibility present in the UK. I know she's not British, <clears throat> but you know what I mean. Mm. What, I mean, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think it's difficult. Uh, she was 15. Uh, there's a lot of them. On. <laughs>
0: Right, okay. It's
1: the scale that surprises me, to be honest. <laughs> right, okay. It's not just one or two, Luke. There's okay. She seems very fixated on KFC and Watermelon. She seems very, you know, oh it just seems to be, you know...
0: Oh, jeez. Wow. All right. Well, um, listen, um, Ewan from Aberdeen's been in touch. Mm. And he says, Hi, guys. Uh, you're reminiscing over Sonic the Hedgehog's music reminding me of some of my favourite video game themes. Mm. And one of the best, in my opinion, is the opening theme to 1990's Mega Man 3 on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Even if you are not familiar with the Mega Man franchise, and you are presumably Pete,
1: uh, I'm not at all. Okay, fact, okay. I've never played one.
0: The tune is worth the 31 seconds it takes for the beat <laughs> to drop. I can imagine this being reworked into a club classic. Absolutely outstanding. I'm going to try and play it, um, if uh, and see, see if we can see if we can agree with Ewan from Aberdeen. Here we go. Oh, no, I can't because I'm not logged into Spotify. Oh, but if you feel for a bit, I'll, I'll, I'll get it set well, the, up. Well, uh, one of the
1: um, composers on that game, Mega Man 3, uh, was uh, Yasuaki Fujita, and he has worked on <laughs> uh, Final Fight, Round 4, Industrial Area 1. Um, he's worked on the Little Mermaid game, Who Framed Roger Rapids, some big uh, Disney franchises, uh, but also a game called Punky Skunk. <laughs>
0: Punky Skunk. Punky Skunk. Alright, let's have a go at the Mega Man theme tune. Apparently, it takes 31 seconds for the beat to drop. We're probably not going to get busted for royalties on this, so let's just go with I it. I think you'll be alright. Oh. Not as I expected.
1: Let's get down and fight those bad boys now. I like Shooting this. your gun. We like your helmet. Here we go. Come on. Let's get down to it. Don't mind it. Yeah, I quite like it. Mate, he's from Osaka. These are Osaka flavours. Things are going on. People are partying. People are rocking out. It's a different frame of mind down there, yeah? It's like the Manchester of England. <laughs> <laughs> Just
0: let it breathe, baby. Let it breathe. Very Come good. On. Um, thanks for sending that in, you. And there's, it reminds mm. me of a guy. There's a um, a singer songwriter. I don't know if he's still around. Called David E. Sugar. Okay. And he wrote a song. Um, we I think it's called "We weren't put together." And he used to do this thing. That he used to call eight bit rock, where he used to have a a Game Boy mm. that he had rewired and he attached it to his guitar like a pedal. Yeah. And he used to, and, and he was honestly really very good. We were not put together by David Sugar. Very, very good song. It reminds me a bit of Mega Man 3, so maybe that's where he got his inspiration
1: from. I find Chip Tune tunes quite dull. There I said it. There you go. There I said it. Um you've got an email there, Peter? I have got an email
0: for you. Augustus Winsock. We're kind of quite um relaxed because it must be because it's Christmas week. Yeah.
1: Thank God it's Christmas I did a pre-record for my final bit of Absolute Radio yesterday and um uh, it was a Christmas Day show and uh, I was full of the joys of Spring. I think it's the best thing I've ever done. But do you think,
0: <laughs> well, that's very good and you can use it in your show reel, but do you think people listening who aren't aware of the radio industry know that you're not actually working on Christmas Day? Um,
1: no, people are quite naive when it comes to stuff like yeah,
0: that. Yeah, I find that, yeah.
1: I've got, I've got uh, you know, it's 11pm. I've got uh, the lead singer The and Pumpkins coming on and uh, Billy Corgan and people are texting in. I'm going, of course it's pre-recorded. Yeah, Billy right. Corgan. It's not hanging out with me at eleven o'clock at no, night.
0: Billy really Corgan, cool, uh, really cool, it's is very unlikely with a dear to your schedule, mm, but Blossoms will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Pete, do you, do you do you not have to give some kind of disclaimer to stop people texting in? No, I that's mean, dodgy, isn't it? What do you mean? I'm, I'm not asking. I'm not soliciting questions. If I text in so a some brother, and, right? And you're never going to hear it because you're longer and you're on the train to Hartlepool. Tough titties, right? Tough old titties Some people have to learn the hard way Uh,
1: Casper in Australia Um, Hi Pete and the Luke Uh, Long term listener first um, Murderer Not really sure what that means Did you say something about a windsock? Uh, Augustus windsock Uh, Do either of you Or perhaps one of your many many listeners um, That's uh, over egging the pudding uh, Remember (laughs) an animated road safety campaign From the late 70s Yes I am that old Which featured an old man on a bicycle Teaching us wayward kids How to turn right when riding a push bike The old man was called I think, Augustus Winsock, And after he completed the safe right-hand turn, the end line of the ad went, that must be why he stayed alive so long. <laughs> that wow. must be why he stayed alive so long. Right. Uh, none of my friends believe it was anything more than an e-fuelled uh, fever dream, and uh, my YouTube digging has proven, proven uh, fruitless, but I'm sure it was a thing. Help me, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope. Five stars and a succulent Chinese meal to you both. Casper in Australia.
0: Would you like to hear the advert in question? Have you found it? I've only found it narrated by Kenny Everett. Oh, uh, okay, right, yeah, cool. Well, here we are in Oak Apple Road to see Augustus Winsock, the oldest living cyclist
1: in the world, overtaking a parked vehicle. What a superb opportunity this is for all young cyclists to see the master in action. What elbows, what knees... This is like a cartoon oh, of an old man yes, riding a bike. God, I miss Kenny Everett. He makes a signal, nothing sloppy there, absolutely clear to anything coming behind. And now he moves out so he can see ahead, slows up... To let traffic go by, and now smartly past the vehicle and tucked in again close to the curb. When you see an action like that so gracefully, so correctly performed, you understand just why he stayed alive so long.
0: It's good. So long. So I thought it would be Kenny Everett doing a parody of it, but it's actually Kenny Everett just doing the effort. Yeah. I mean,
1: that I, I'm be funny. Chris wouldn't. Um, you've clearly got the internet because you've emailed us. Yeah. Luke found that in. Minimal, and that's seconds. me, by the that's way. That's Luke. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm not. I'm not, He's not even
1: got YouTube Premium.
0: If Luke or Pete had to be um, entered into some kind of internet speed challenge, mm. you, we would not be entering me. My friend uh, Daniel, he
1: um, he does a when back in the day when there was that um, oh, what was it four one one? What did you used to ring uh, to get? Oh, ask me anything. Ask me anything. I'm not you. Me, yeah. Yeah. kind of uh, information service. I can't remember the number. But he yeah. was like one of the few people in the country with internet or decent internet anywhere. And he would uh, get paid to just do the searches. I think
0: they paid like 40p an answer, because I remember me and my friend Duncan. 40p an answer seems very high. Me and my friend Duncan, who That's was, who was the taskmaster, the aforementioned yeah. taskmaster, we looked into doing that because we had no job after uni. Mm. And um, I made, maybe not 40p, but I remember it being a thing, where you could actually go and do it as a job. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Isn't, isn't, that, isn't that kind of fascinating how, you know they tell that story, I can't remember who tells it, about... Kodak's share price right like it was they were a really good profitable company and then like in record time because of technology Mm. they just went completely obsolete yeah Uh, and obviously that can happen fair smash of arrogance as well I'm I'm sure moving on I'm sure but in this case isn't it mad how a company or an idea like that is is almost at the same time really um, kind of revolutionary and new but then instantly out of date yeah like, yes. straight away. So, the, the the spike would be mm. what the, six months.
1: But again, they must see that coming. But then they'll still they'll be telling themselves that all people will want to go on the internet, and it's probably true for a few more years after that. But still, yeah, I, mm. the boom, the boom. The people who sell uh, fascias uh, for mobile phones. Yeah, another one. I guess they've moved on to
0: just um, covers, but it's still a worry. Send your suggestions in hello at LukeandPeacher.com, dot com for something that was simultaneously. Really futuristic and mm. new, and also almost instantly dated. Okay, because that's a great example of them. But mm. I remember going mad about. I used to get one every Christmas. Yeah, for like three or four years. Mm. Um, I'd have a Portsmouth wine and I'd change it out for another one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good stuff. That um, let's squeeze one more Ring-tons. email in. Um, this is a bit of a blast from the past here um and it's from brian in lebanon love that we've got a listener in lebanon yeah um and it's about tea remember we talked a while back about tea and how different countries drink different types of tea okay and brian says hi guys i'm writing in regards to episode 198 uh where you two were discussing international tea drinking habits luke was surprised at how scandinavians don't put milk in their tea and pete said most of the world don't use tea bags uh, and it's probably a predominantly British thing. I'm here to say, says Brian, that tea customs are varied across a lot of different cultures. As Luke said, Americans don't really have an affinity for tea and usually Sweet tea. Heat, uh, heat hot water in the microwave and throw a tea bag in there. Now, I've not got experience of that and I've spent a lot of time in the US, so maybe that's a different part of the US to what Brian's um, talking about. Uh, he says, I live in Lebanon and tea bags are also very common, although we do use loose leaf tea here as well, depending on the source. My partner is half Russian and Russians drink tea by adding hot water to a concentrate called Zavarka. This Zavarka is essentially made by brewing copious amounts of the chosen tea in a big decorative pot called a samovar until a thick, dark liquid is obtained, essentially super-concentrated tea. Mm. A small amount of the concentrate is enough for one cup of tea, uh, and so you just drop it in there, kind of, as and when. Nice. A very similar practice also happens in Middle Eastern countries, though the container is less elaborate and ornate, and almost the whole of the Middle East, from Turkey to Iran, drink teas in ver- tea in very small cups. This ensures that the tea you're drinking never gets cold, since so you're constantly having to refill from a hot sauce. Um, concerning milk, I believe the British are the primary protagonist of that particular tea consumption method. Um, although maybe in the Commonwealth this is a more prevalent practice. I'm not particularly fond of tea myself. You seem to know a fucking lot about it, Brian. Uh, and my <laughs> wife always gets incensed and threatens divorce whenever I add milk on the rare occasions that I do partake. Keep up the good work. Brian, a <laughs> tea expert from the Lebanon.
1: Yeah. What other show
0: this week on, are you going to get out from?
1: Well, we used to, I remember back in the day I used to buy, um, I can't remember, it's a very 70s product, I seem not recall, but it was like this uh, concentrate of coffee. Uh, you just pour that into a cup and, and, and add a bit of uh, hot water and milk. That's kind of how
0: a uh, Keurig works, right? What's curig? Curig, you get little pots of liquid in them, and you stick them in, you put the thing down, you press the button, it squeezes Is it liquid it? or pit or, or I think powder? It's, I think it's liquid. Are you I sure? Thi- yeah, I think so. Wouldn't that kind of be have storage implications? Oh, Who knows? Um, listen you know you get salmon fishing in, in the Yemen you've know, got right. tea experts in the Lebanon exactly, exactly. Um, let's go out of here Luke. yeah let's do let's go let's go um, and uh, thanks for everyone sticking with us for this multimedia Christmas week special mm. of Luke and Pete's show we'll be back on Thursday which is Boxing Day maybe we'll talk about some of Pete's Boxing Day traditions they'll all be filthy and most of them will be alcohol soaked I'm sure we'll see you on Thursday